Hello, hello, Mediaverse members, and welcome to Mediaverse Unwrapped, where we bring our non-toxic Facebook community of Marvel fans to life. I'm your host, Max Taff, and I'm joined by my co-host, the Dark Phoenix-esque taste for death and destruction to my Omega-level <laughs> mutant of chill, Bobby Drake, Megan Spangler. Slim and slender, make some tender. Shout out to Justination for that beautiful description. And today we discuss our breakdown of episode five of Secret Invasion, the brand new trailer for the Marvels, and so much more. Let's dive in. All right, so this week was the penultimate episode to Secret Invasion, episode five, right before the finale, and it was actually a fairly juicy one, in my opinion. So, Megan, why don't you kick us off with talking about the episode? What were your initial thoughts and lead us in? Well, first of all, it was so it, it was shorter, which I wasn't pleased about, but it was so meaty. Like mm-hmm. we knew we were gonna get a good episode because it's the one before the finale. But I, I thought it was really well done. I and it had it had all everything I'd want in it, including Agent Fallsworth the beautiful amazing feisty little thing she is she was amazing and honestly i feel like olivia coleman like made this episode for me like she was just (laughs) her performance is so good and they finally gave her like enough like scenery to work with they gave her some juicy scenes and man did she pull through it was so good she was my absolute favorite part of this episode hands down i mean there was a lot of things i really liked but she was definitely peak for me oh for sure and she just gets better and better i truly hope she doesn't turn out to be a scroll and then gets killed off in the show because i need her back for everything they can fit her in oh my god i know i know i would love to see her back i hope she doesn't die in the next episode (laughs) i'm like i want to see her team up with val like i feel like she is what val is supposed to be i mean we haven't gotten a ton of val screen time yeah you know over the her few appearances but i feel like once we do like i want some of that like what olivia coleman's cooking i hope I hope Val starts cooking up soon too, because I I just love that whole her character is just amazing, and she's just she plays it so uniquely, and she just brings such a fresh take to that type of a character that I just love it. Yes, I think you're right about Val. It's so nice to see a female character that has nothing to do with seducing anyone, isn't all sexed up, isn't using her looks to get what she wants. This woman is using her balls to get what she wants and she gets them done and it's incredible i i love her freaking character there's not enough of her i know same same and we're gonna get into the nitty-gritty of exactly what happened with her character a little bit later on but uh let's dive in starting at the beginning Rhodey versus fury the hospital confrontation after fury brings the president in for treatment after all the squirrel chaos of the last episode megan what, what did you think about all that it was it was weird because Rhodey just showed up. I believe at that point he didn't know Fury knew he was a scroll until Fury called him out for being a scroll, mm-hmm. which turns out he is Rava. Which, if you guys don't know who Rava is in the comics, she is a skull pirate who's seeking vengeance against the wider scroll empire, which she blames for the death of her children. Just so you guys know, because uh, wow. I did not know, <laughs> had no idea. But it, I liked how Fury handled it, though, when he just popped him in the head with a gun. I thought that was pretty badass. Uh, I was excited for him. I was, too. And, yeah, you're right. It seemed like Skrull Rhodey or Scrody or Scroats or whatever you want to call him. There's uh, no good name. There isn't a good name. Um, well, I feel like he, like he or do we call I guess he. He um, was so surprised. He didn't realize that Fury knew he was a scroll. Like, that was wild. And when Fury finally, like, had him, like, you could tell he was scared for a second. He was trying everything to make sure that Fury didn't just, like, end him right there. Like, he was yeah. throwing out any excuse, any sort of, like, little quip, anything that he could do just to, like, get through that moment um, until his bodyguard had the gun on Fury and was like, well, I guess if you want to kill me, you know, you'll die too. That was insane. It was a heated exchange. And I honestly will say Don Cheadle brought the performance. Wow. I was really impressed with him in this episode. Um, Really solid performance. I loved how he was able to play, like both play Rhodey, but also play like this 
alternate version of Rhodey that's obviously a scroll. Like, and he just did it so well. I was really, I loved it. I thought that was great. Yeah, if there's any doubts that that he can't uh, lead Armor Wars by himself, this episode definitely cleared that up. Oh, but he yeah. did. He did so so well, and I really like the chemistry between Fury and Sassy Scroll Rhodes mm-hmm. because it's just it's just perfect. I I don't know. Um, they did really well. Fury does. Fury always brings it, but Rhodes. I, the one thing is he said that he released the video of Fury killing Maria Hill, the scroll mm-hmm. Fury, Gravik. Fury had that trigger ready to pull. Um, I don't know if it was a coincidence or if, you know, Rava just had like that plan, like, you know, I'm just going to, you know, make sure this gets out today. I don't know. But she she is not to be trifled with. She knew she didn't back down from a fight with Fury. She didn't, you know, get scared. She faced him head on and she stood up and she was like, nah, like you're going to flex. I'm going to flex back. I mean, obviously we're rooting for Nick Fury in this situation, but Hmm. she's definitely not to be trifled with. I'm kind of, kind of rooting for her to be honest with you. (laughs) Like, Oh my goodness. She's incredible. She is. She is. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where that turns out. But, um, I know one particularly like, heartwarming part of the episode was the you know Gaia and Priscilla burying or giving Talos a funeral that was insane and it was just so it was actually kind of beautiful in a way yeah Um, I think I Um, so I guess Talos is really dead yeah didn't see that coming (laughs) Um, oh my god but it was it was really sweet how Priscilla just she knew she was going to be attacked soon. She knew she was going to die. And she's like, yeah, I'll use my final moments to help you bury Talos. Which you have to think, you would assume that her and Talos had something to do with each other at one point. She knew him. Yeah. But we never actually see them interact. So who really knows how much she had to do with them? But that was a really sweet moment between Gaia and Priscilla. Since Priscilla doesn't have children, Gaia doesn't have parents. It, it was sweet. Very sweet. I thought that that whole like funeral pyre that they made for Talos and you know the prayer was like really interesting and very cool, very well thought out on Marvel's part. Really, really bringing that to life. Um, honestly, very sad. Talos is dead. I don't know. I this show has me so paranoid. I don't know what to believe. <laughs> like, I want to believe Talos is really dead, but like. I don't know. I have this weird theory that like this is all some kind of like simulation dream and Fury is really in one of those scroll machines <gasps> and this is all just like a hallucination. That is like my theory. I don't know if it's true, but wouldn't that be insane if like that's why all that... these people relating to him are like dying? I would love that so I much mean... because we haven't seen anyone that's been in one of those machines they have where they're all plugged up. So who knows how they are when they come out? That would be really, really cool, though. I had a theory that Talos was the big bad, but clearly not. So there's my theory. <sighs> I mean, listen, that could feed into my theory. I mean, maybe Talos is the one that put Nick Fury in there, and that's why he's, like, in this weird simulation. I mean, the the, the reason why I think this is because when you go back to Captain Marvel and you see, like, you know, Carol Danvers, she's in that machine upside down. They're going through her memories to try and find, you know, the the tesseract and try to find where the scrolls are um you know that you see them kind of messing she's almost like she's like reliving these memories like in a simulation you know then you see them like manipulating what she's seeing and stuff so i i think it's totally plausible i mean who knows if my theory is correct but i will say that that would be pretty juicy and i would love it i don't know if that's where they were going with this but i think that would be really cool Think how pissed off if everyone would be if, like, the final episode there was this oh my god wild fight and it was Gravik versus Fury and Fallsworth is there and just everyone's there and then Nick Fury wakes up. I know that would start so many fires. It would be like the end of She Hulk, how that ending was when she talked to Kevin the robot. That oh my god, I know that would be so funny. I I would lose it. I would just I know I would too. 
I would too. Um, I don't know. That that would be really cool. I, and it could be like that these are all his memories that we're kind of like reliving through him or something. I don't know. It, a lot of different things could be happening. I still think that there's stuff going on that we don't know about. I th- I'm hoping in the finale that I haven't been just like standing on a soapbox because <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I really, I really have a feeling if, if they don't do something like this, I would be really disappointed in the show because I feel like they would have, would have had so much potential to work with to really like make something so quality and to give us just this at face value would be so disappointing, but let's see, I'm keeping an open mind for the finale and I I'm still enjoying the show either way. So, you know, we'll, see. well there has to be some working parts that we're not seeing it's secret invasion mm-hmm. there has to be a secret you know like something's gonna happen and i mean if yeah. you say enough theories at least one of them has to be right i know so <laughs> there has to, I, there has to be something exactly exactly it's true it's true i mean and there's so much going on and like you know i don't know i I don't know, that whole funeral scene to me, it was just, it was just, I don't know, it didn't feel quite final enough. It, it felt like Gaia, when she showed up to Priscilla's house and she's just like, oh, I need you to help me bury my dad. And when Fury told her that Talos was dead, she's just like, oh, okay. Like, it didn't feel like, like, I felt like she got more upset about finding out that Soren was dead than she did about Talos. So it's like, almost like she knows he's not dead. Yeah, like, it just, like, there's these weird things that just don't make sense. And I'm really hoping that it's just that it, it does end up like adding up to something like and we're going to be like, oh, OK, that's why. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm hoping for in this show. But I will say, like, I really loved Gaia and Priscilla's interactions. I really liked like how Gaia was kind of almost intrusive when she was asking Priscilla about her relationship with Fury and like, it oh, was does he weird. like you? Does he like you in your own skin? Like, does do you guys have sex as a squirrel and like human? And he, she was like, uh, let's back the truck up. That's inappropriate. Like she she put her foot down. Oh, when she, she said, when she said, I didn't mean to offend. And she's like, yeah, you did. And I was like, dang, dang, Priscilla. <laughs> that's Fury's wife right there. Priscilla don't fuck around. No, that was, that was a hundred percent Mrs. Fury. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness. I, I love that because like, it was rude. I would be, it was I would be mad too. Like, what is your it deal? Gaia, you've been around people before. Act like it. You're not feral. Like some intrusive thoughts should just be kept inside your head. I think. I know, but like I think we've all been in that situation where it just came out, and you're like, "Oh, no!" But it was, it was clear that guy was just being a dick. But it's all right. We still love her. Priscilla was a good sport. Yeah, exactly. We still love Gaia. And Priscilla was a good sport about it. She was like, you know, like, relax. But it does kind of raise the question, like, hmm, does Fury like you in your scroll form? Because she she turned back when he got home that time. So, I mean. Yeah, I mean, she didn't answer, which we're all very aware of. (laughs) Like, we were all (laughs) waiting for that answer. Uh, I think we all are curious because we haven't seen him with her in her scroll form at their house just being married yeah so that's something i'm also curious about that they just haven't touched on maybe Mm -hmm. they will maybe they won't i have a feeling she's gonna die so maybe but i mean gravik's pretty alone since that one part where all the scrolls came after him which was i know i did not see that coming that was nuts me either. I didn't see that coming at all because, like, they were all so on his side, so against Talos. Like, it was definitely a faction, you know, a definite uh, schism in that scroll community where half of them were probably still kind of like, you know, looking to Talos as a leader because he had been their general. Yeah. And then there's the other half who's looking to Gravik as a leader because he's the one actually making these power moves, which they all wanted Talos and Nick Fury to do to find them a home. They wanted to be in their own skin, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it, it just, it surprised me and it was like super aggressive. Like they were like, they were putting him down. They threw him on that table. They were trying to suffocate him. They were like, it was like literally some Julius Caesar type shit. <laughs> that is exactly what yes, it was. Yes, it was. Like it was totally like trying to just take down the dictator. Like they kind of gotten tired of it. But you know what? In a sense, I don't blame them because ever since we've seen Gravik, he's been very disrespectful to the people who are loyal to him. Like he's killed his own followers throughout all these episodes at various points, just at the drop of a hat, no care, no regard. And I mean, when your whole platform is based off of trying to find a home for your people and that's like your goal is, you know, looking out for your, you know, 
your species and trying to, you know, get your race to find a home, pretending you're caring about them and then going and just killing them for no reason, that just, of course, they're going to go after you. They're going to, you know, there's going to be a mutiny of some kind. I found it, it was it's such a weird way to try to kill them, too. They were trying to suffocate them, which is like, that wouldn't, that's not what would come to my head when dealing with a super scroll, but I'm not a super scroll or a scroll, so I don't know. But it was, I don't know. they really did pop off really quick, but I think it was because they saw him kill one of their own when he was on mm-hmm. that banister and they were talking. He straight up killed one of them, and they're all like, oh, hell no. Now we see you don't care who you kill as long as you get what you want. You don't care about us. You care about mm-hmm. you, which it's graphic. Are y'all dumb? Like, are you new here? Of course, that's what he cares about. He killed, tried to kill Gaia, who, I mean, she wasn't loyal, but he didn't know that until the end. So it, it just, I just think they could have done better. There were so many of them. And, I know. And they all died because it wasn't well planned out. I'll say that. I That's what I think. He's, yeah, he like slayed all of them in that room. I mean, I, that was crazy to me. It just, I'm kind of at that point where it's just like, well, what did he expect to happen? Like, yeah, like you said, he, he's killing people left and right. He tried to kill Gaia. The other, the other scroll, I think it was, what's his name? Beto, Beto. was like last episode. Oh, where's, where's Gaia? And he's like, oh, I took care of her. She was the, uh, the mole. And that right there, I mean, when you, when you start killing the people closest to you, what kind of message do you think that sends to the rest of your like, you know, your community, like, they're going to be like, oh, okay, never mind. Well, that, and he didn't tell anyone. He just did it. He didn't say, mm-hmm. hey, guys, this is the mole. I'm going to go kill her. Or he didn't say, hey, I'll be back. Yeah. I got to go, you know, kill this bitch real quick. He just did it <laughs> and told no one. And they're like, hey, where's Gaia? He's like, oh, I, I killed her. It's whatever. <laughs> Don't make a thing of it. <laughs> whatever. But exactly. It, oh, my God. It was... It was a really good scene, though, especially at the end when he took one of the scrolls outside and just slit his throat in front of all those poor scrolls who didn't see it coming. They were all just, hey, Gravik, how are you? Oh, you killed someone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're Uh, just, it was just so raw and I loved it. I liked it. I did too. I enjoyed the scene. I thought the action was really cool and everything. I liked seeing Gravik in his scroll form for the first time. That was very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, he was angry. Yeah. And I don't know, when when you think about like just, he's just so beyond redemption at this point amongst his people because it's like he literally just like slit someone's throat in, the, in front of like all these like just innocent scrolls not even <laughs> involved, just trying to mind their own business. Uh, yeah, so that... That's not going to reflect well. I have a feeling there's going to be even more to that in the finale. We're going to see more of his followers um, siding with Fury. And I think that that's going to end up being how it goes. I mean, he, he clearly just doesn't give an F about anything. He's willing to just like destroy whatever he needs to. If he can't have the planet, nobody can. He doesn't care. Um, so I don't know. He, he's got some agenda that's just way too intense for what it needs to be, I think. And... We only saw those the two scientists that were trying to make the harvest. We've only saw them like once this whole show, right? Until this episode. Yeah, they've had very small scenes. Which you would think if anything. You'd think they'd have bigger ones because they're the brains. But mm-hmm. oh, when Fallsworth went after them, that was God, that was iconic. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. I'm trying to wrap my brain around all that happened in that scene because there was just so many moments. Like when she just shoots the guy, just doesn't even care, sets their place on fire, doesn't even care. Every single bit of it, she did not care. She just did it. And it always works out for her. I know. Fallsworth is such a badass. I I, I really can't. Like this... this scene was truly like just a shiny moment 
of the episode. Like when she just rolls up, she's like, oh, hi, scrolls. And they're like, uh, what? And then she's like, I'm good at two things. I can either be your bestie or I cannot be your bestie. So it's either cake or death. And it's <laughs> like, ooh, well, and she definitely, she definitely doesn't lie. I mean, she, she's a woman of her word. She ended up like wasting the husband and, and yeah, that was just nuts. I mean, she, she wanted her intel and she got it. That's for sure. It was very odd to see Olivia Coleman say bestie so many times, but I liked it. She plays that role so well. It's like, I, I just, wow. Are we sure she's not playing herself? Because she's too good. You know, like, something's not mm -hmm. adding up here. Because it's just, it, it's just so freaking perfect. And it's just, there's, it's flawless. There's not a flaw in her character. It, you're right. It does seem to come very naturally to her. And the funny thing about Olivia Coleman is if like, if like me, I don't know if you watch The Crown, Megan. Yes, I do. But she went from, you do? I Yes. Okay. So I don't know if you found the same thing, but like this character she's playing now is so vastly different than her portraying like the Queen of England. Yes. So it's just, it's such a wild turn. And I'm so happy to have seen her take on this project. It was definitely a very good project for her career wise to take on because it's such a different character and she is absolutely killing it. And she was so good in the crown. She is so good in this. The woman has a ton of range. She's a fantastic actress. Underrated as hell too. Like, in The Crown, mm -hmm. she is perfect as the queen. I adore her as the queen. So when she was, they said she was an agent in Secret Invasion, I was like, all right. I mean, it's going to be, you know, just the queen walking around, talking to Nick Fury. But no, this is like the evil, sassy, feisty variant of the queen who still gets whatever she wants and commands everything and takes charge and does whatever she wants. And it still works out perfectly for her. This, like, she has range, but she takes a type of role. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. And I appreciate it. We appreciate you, Olivia. Yes, definitely we do. And her interrogation skills, I mean, just always just so peak. Like, even in the last episode where we got to really see her, like, when she was, um interrogating that guy in the meat locker yeah. like she is just so capable she's she just she she has no fear she just waltzes in does her thing waltzes back out you know she she's she's incredible i i really do hope that we get to see her character more in the mcu i really really hope so i really hope so yeah when she just fingers crossed chops the scrolls finger off and is like oh lovely she's very nice very nice like what i know like even nick fury doesn't have that uh, not attitude, but just like that air to them, like that confidence. It isn't, you yes. don't see mm -hmm. it ever. And it's perfect. I wish I could bottle it and drink it because it's so good. Uh, I loved it so much. She was so good. She was. I liked when her and Nick Fury went to Finland and yes. she's just along for the ride, but she, but it's important to her. And he's just kind of going on his little talk and, I I don't know. They're I wish they were like best friends in the MCU because I I could see them just work so well together. Not like as a couple, but as like best mm -hmm. as as she would say besties. But then in that scene, we learned quite a few things about Nick Fury. We did. I mean, that whole car ride was such a juicy like mind of information. We got so much good stuff. First of all, I love the fact that Olivia Coleman was surprised that Rhodey was a scroll. Like oh she God. did a she her head whipped around. She was like, what? <laughs> And she's like, who isn't a squirrel these days? And honestly, valid question because it's true. That was that was the first thing. The second thing, I her rap song in I mean, so much is going on. First of all, like let's let's go back a second. Nick Fury coming through customs wearing the widow's veil. Can we stop there? Like, when did we name it that? And why is that such a perfect name for this like device? That's wild. It's a perfect, it's perfect. perfect name. And it only does his face, so she Olivia didn't like that. No, she didn't. But you know what? She she made a good point when she asked the... Now that I'm thinking about it, when she asked him, oh, a billion dollars and only thing that that does is cover your face. And he goes, this is the old one, not the new version. So there's a new version that covers your whole body and like fully... like I mean, there's so much to unpack with just that one little nugget alone because number one, it's like, okay, so the Widow's Veil was obviously based off of the scrolls. Yeah. That, that whole invention was created based off of the scrolls' power. 
Um, number two, the fact they call it the widow's veil, which is, you know, a nice nod to Black Widow, RIP Natasha. Number three, just the fact that they, they're talking about another version of the widow's veil that covers your whole body leads me to believe that that's going to come up in the finale. Like, I, I, like now that I'm thinking about it, it gives the humans the powers of the scrolls, basically. I mean, obviously not as, you know, perfect as a scroll could be, you know, emulating someone else, but it definitely lets humans transform into someone else and be able to um, go undetected. So now I'm thinking to myself, how many of the people we've seen die were wearing like a widow's veil? Or how many of the people have we seen die? <gasps> Especially now that we know there's one that covers your whole body. I wonder. Right? I wonder who. Maria Hill. Maria Hill. They take this. Mm -hmm, exactly. They're going to take it away from me. They're going to take the death away. I know it. I can feel it in my soul. Oh. I think this series has been enough death just to satiate like, you for like a while back. though. Because I mean, come on. There, there's death, but then like most of them came back. I don't ask much. Just <laughs> <laughs> it's for everyone. Just uh, the other nod to Black Widow was the guy that was on the plane with Fury. That was Rick Mason from Black Widow. Her. Yes, yeah. you're right. So nice to see he's still an active agent. So that was really, that was really cool. I know. I like that they did that. I know. The funny thing about that character I found was the fact that they never really talked about how he and Natasha actually knew each other. They never talked about what he actually does. He's just kind of like this sketchy guy who can get like planes and stuff <laughs> and like passports and things. And they never really talk about his backstory, where he comes from. But now we kind of get a little bit deeper into it where we get to see the fact that, you know, Natasha knew him probably through Fury, probably through yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. Maybe he was an ex-S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. I mean, we don't know. I'm interested to see where that goes. I really assumed he, she knew him from like her past before S.H.I.E.L.D., just like the guy to go to to get what you need. I need to see more of him. Because he is funny. <laughs> he, was, he wasn't funny he in is. Black Widow, but he was really funny in this one. And just like that little bit, I really loved it. Yeah, he was good. I liked his interaction with Fury. It was it was, it was was cool, and I think that they did that on purpose. I, I don't think that they would just have thrown that character in for no reason. I think that he has a future in the MCU, and we're just going to see that continue to build. And I'm excited. It was definitely a nice surprise I wasn't expecting. Yeah, agreed. I, I think we're going to see him again in the future as well. But yes. moving on... Avengers DNA in the Harvest. Oh my God! He just—he yes. really just dropped that, like nothing. What does that mean? Who's what Avenger? All how do you have their DNA? What happens when you mix them together? You cannot have the Hulk's DNA. How? Or Thor's? How do you? How? I feel like if any DNA Fury had from the beginning, it was definitely the core four. Uh, you know, he definitely had um, Hulk. He definitely had. Thor, you know, I think that that's safe to say, like, he's had that for a while since they're the OGs. Um, however, I, I mean, God, like, this brings so many questions of, like, to the logistics of the whole Harvest thing. Like, he sent a team of scrolls, like, his, you know, his spy force that he keeps close to him, the scroll people, you know, the scrolls that, that he kept back in the S.H.I.E.L.D. days, you know, to do his bidding, um, his spies. He sent them into the battlefield on the Battle of Earth to get all this different DNA. How do you know whose DNA it is? Like, how are you getting DNA from, like, the ground? Like, that just, it, so many different questions. I don't know. But he definitely confirmed Carol Danvers' DNA was amongst Yeah. But I was expecting something like, I don't know, like a, like a, some kind of a case mm -hmm. that had a bunch of different samples in it. And it was just, like, at the end, it was just one little, little vial in his gravestone. Mix that all together. Oh, nasty. But it's all mixed together. I, I would think like Steve Rogers uh, would have been the easiest one to get since they pulled him from ice. I feel like Iron Man yeah, exactly. would be easy because he's a uh, human. So he has to have he's had to have mm -hmm. get a blood sample from somewhere. Carol Danvers, I don't I don't know how he did that, but boy, how did he did it? He must have been just carrying this around for years. Cause he got Carol Danvers, then he got all of them together. I want to know how he got Thor's and I want to, I really like, all I ask is just for a little snippet of how that happened. How Nick Fury was like, Hey Thor, can I take your blood really quick, please? Mm -hmm. And Thor's like, no, no, you can't. That That's what <laughs> I want to see. But we will never see that. Well, here's, here's some interesting tidbits. So I can see him getting Tony Stark's blood, but I don't see him wanting it because you know, Tony Stark, even though he's a genius, his, abilities came from his suit yeah so it's like nothing really in his dna would be too too special 
I mean, unless you're trying to replicate his intelligence. So, I mean, but I will say he probably could have gotten it back when he underwent surgery to get the shrapnel removed. Yeah. That would have been an easy place for him to Very gotten easy. it. So that could have been that. Thor, I, I will say that one is a little bit perplexing. It could have either been back in, you know, the original Thor movie when he gets admitted to the hospital at some point. They, I don't know if they got his blood somehow, because remember, he was mortal back then. He had gotten his powers taken away by Odin. Yeah. Yeah. So that could have been that. But also, you know, I mean, during the battle itself, when Thanos was like whooping everybody's ass for like, you know, a good portion of it. I mean, we saw him punch Carol straight up. And then you see her kind of coming back like at the, towards the end where she's kind of like all bruised up and like, you know, cut up on her face. I saw that. And then Thor, same thing. He, he got his ass beat a little <laughs> bit up too. So that could have been where his DNA came from. I mean, crazy to think that like all these Avengers are just bleeding everywhere. Nick Fury's there like, <laughs> I need all these samples. Like, what is he doing with this? Like, why is he so obsessed with this? Like, what is, what is his end game with all of that? That, that didn't sit right with me. Because Fury, even though he's a good guy, he does always like really toe that line yeah. of being like kind of, he could be a really good villain if yes. he wanted. I really need some information on that. And I think this is a really good way to continue to show that the Avengers were a thing and that he was involved with it. So, like, to continue that part of his life. So, I kind of like that. It's just... Yeah. They're all mixed together in a little vial. That's nasty. I don't like that. But... <laughs> yeah i like i don't i still don't get the little vial thing when i saw it i was like huh how does he have all because he said he got all these avengers dna and we saw tony stark make everybody on that battlefield an avenger oh my god you're so right <laughs> does he just does he just have like hundreds of specimens like how does it fit into the i don't know it doesn't and make what, any sense to me I, unless we find out like what is in there I don't and know. it's clear what is the specimen yeah because I'm not trying to be weird, weird, guys, but when there's a specimen of someone, it's not usually blood. So, you guys uh, connect the dots there. You're right. It could have been sweat or something, oh, too. Oh, yeah. That's what totally what I was thinking. You're absolutely right. 100% was thinking sweat. Nothing, nothing Ew. else. <laughs> I don't know which endgame you were watching, but... Still going through a phase. It's all right. I mean, leading into like the whole grave thing, how many graves does he have? He definitely has at least two or three that we've seen. And he's like, oh, I got these all over the place. So he it's kind of smart when you think about it, like just having these graves that no one's ever going to like touch or go through just to have like secret stashes of stuff. I mean, it's pretty brilliant, I think. It is. I, I agree. I just that's got to get expensive, Nick Fury. <laughs> it's just so extra, but it, it's perfect for Nick Fury. He's just like, I got these everywhere. It's not mm -hmm. a big deal. It's just a grave. And it's, I like that because like that, I like learning more lore about Nick Fury. That, that brings me a happiness. I do too. But speaking of Nick Fury, we got the old Fury back with the iPad. Yes. All, uh, that was the moment I was waiting for. I was so happy it actually happened. I know, same. Like seeing him finally like suit up and put his eye patch back on and his like leather trench coat back on, like... He is back in the game. He is ready to rumble. I I think that, I, I don't know. I'm just so excited. I, I'm so happy to see him just kind of, you know, getting back in the saddle fully and like showing us the Nick Fury that we all like know and love from the past. And this has just been such a journey throughout Secret Invasion. And it's going to be leading into the Marvel. So I we're not done with his story. And I, I can't wait to see how all this plays out, to be honest with you. I, I know. I, this last episode... I'm counting the days. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but whatever it is, I hope it happens really good. Speaking of Nick Fury suiting up finally, who was on the phone with Fury? Who was he calling in that last second of the episode where he calls someone up and he's like, are you ready? And yeah. who could it be? It could be anyone. And I think that that is the biggest clue that it's going to be someone from the past that we're going to see. I don't know, but we did a poll with our group members on Twitter and on Facebook. Who do you think Fury called at the end of episode five? Well, of the options that we proposed, 48% of our members that voted said it would be Quake. Mm. People are hanging on to this Quake thing so hard. And I would love to see it, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I will say for the first time throughout this whole show or the history of Avengers, after I watched that last episode, my... Disney Plus has only been recommending me watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 
Really? Yes. And I was like, what are you trying to tell me? It's the first option every time. And I've never clicked it on Disney+. Plus. Mm. I have never done anything. So if it's not Quake, I'm going to feel really trolled. Yeah, I agree. But if it's not Quake, then it's Maria Hill. You think so? Well, interestingly enough, now that you say that, only 15% of the people that we polled said Maria Hill, but 17% said Colson or Melinda May. And taking in the second place, Carol Danvers at 20% of the people polled. So it goes, people most think it's Quake, then Carol, then Colson or Melinda, and then Maria Hill at the bottom. So people are really convinced Maria is dead, even though I am not. Maria Hill's not dead. There, There's no way. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. There's just no way. If she's actually dead... Then they did her dirty with not showing Nick Fury show any emotion. I agree. I agree 100%. And now that I think about it, I think that Maria Hill was wearing the widow's veil and 100%. that she was actually her mom. I think that's who it was. <gasps> oh. I think so. Oh my god. I'm telling you. So then who do you think's where who do you think is wearing it? Like when they got shot? I don't know. It could have been her. I mean, she they could have made it look like she was killed. Any which way they wanted to. True. Or maybe they, you know, they, they got her out of there. I don't know. A lot of different possibilities. We don't know. Could have been a... Some people are saying life model decoy, which has not been introduced into the MCU. Only in no. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which yeah. at this point is not canon. Um, so I don't know. It's about to be know. canon when Quake shows up, but whatever. So... We grabbed some comments from our Secret Invasion discussion thread from our amazing members. Greg says, I think Maria Hill is still alive. Yeah, Greg. They list Colby Smolders as a special guest star almost every episode. I think Beto is going to end up being Fury's son. With Gravik killing him, Fury is going to lose his shit. I, the Beto thing kind of throws me. I don't know. I don't know, but... I will say, I do. Greg made a good point, and this is something that I wanted to bring up and I almost forgot. Um, <laughs> the fact they list Kobe Smolders as a special guest star almost every episode leads me to believe that, you know, you know, they always try and make it look like the reason why is because of that video. But yeah. I, I've seen shows in the past where they show snippets like that, and they never name someone as a guest star like that, like so prominently at the end credits. She's like the first title, the first like title card that pops up after the episode yeah. ends. So it's like maybe Maria Hill's like in the background somewhere and like they're going to reveal it and we're going to be like, oh my God, that's why. I don't know. I don't know. I think that this, the video is a smokescreen. I think maybe Colby Smulders has been in these episodes somehow, some way, and we just haven't been able to figure out who she is. Does that make sense? Well, I saw a lot of people say that that's because of the previously on Secret Invasion, but she wouldn't have to be credited for an episode she was already credited for. So... Yes, exactly. So something there. Something's there because every show does not do that. Just this one show. So, Greg, we're on your side exactly. about this. The Beto thing throws me off because I don't know why everyone thinks Nick Fury has a son and he's in the show. Mm -hmm. I, I'm sure I missed something. But we've gotten, like, no inkling of that. But they did make a point to introduce Beto the first episode. So it's true. Some there's something there. I don't know what it is, but something's there. Moving on, Philip says two things from me. This is the first time I've actually seen an episode in time to be here in spoiler territory and not have everything spoiled ahead of time. Bravo, Philip. Glad to hmm, have you. Good job. Awesome. Number two, every scene with Olivia Coleman is an absolute joy. Episodes without her feel flat. I wouldn't say they feel flat, but they, they are missing a spark. Yeah, certain spice is missing from those episodes, I will agree, and I definitely miss her. Like, last episode, I don't think she was in last week at all, actually. No. Was she? No. No, she wasn't. And I, I, I definitely missed her presence. Um, And she definitely, she brings it. I mean, she came back with a vengeance this week, so I definitely understand what you're saying. She's great. Yeah. yeah. She, she just brings something that we didn't know we needed in life. Moving on to our last, but certainly not least, Javon says, when they tried to jump Gravik, it was hilarious. If only they had the Super Scroll powers, they would have won, but Gravik hogged them all up for himself. <laughs> I agree. Well, I Yeah, like that whole scene was so wild. 
Well, he not all for himself because Gaia has them, but he does not know that. So, yeah, Gravik really yeah. thought he was cooking there. That's true. He still doesn't know that she's alive. I just realized that. Wow, yeah. that's going to be pretty juicy in the finale. Let's see what, what happens with that. I can't wait. I don't know what's going to happen in finale, like I said, but I think it's going to be bananas. I really, really do think we're going to get Quake, but if we don't, don't uh, remind me of this. I feel like if we don't get Quake or some Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. nod at this point, because you're absolutely right, they are really heavily recommending it in the Fury biographies on Marvel.com. They're referencing things that happened in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, there's just so, there's too many things that if they don't, it'll be a total gaslight on all the fans and we're all going to get super pissed. I will be pissed. If there's not even some little inkling mention reference, I will be mad. So yeah. let's, let's see. It's either let's Coulson see. or Quake, and you're right. It is gaslighting. If they don't do it, and I'll never forget that. That's my never final, Marvel. That's my final thing I have to say about that. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the Marvels trailer, we are going to give you our thoughts. But here's the official synopsis for the film, which hits theaters on November 10th. Uh, according to the official synopsis, Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, has reclaimed her identity from the tyrannical Kree and taken revenge on the supreme intelligence. But unintended consequences see Carol shouldering the burden of a destabilized universe. When her duties send her to an anomalous wormhole linked to a Kree revolutionary, her power becomes entangled with that of Jersey City superfan Kamala Khan, a.k.a. Miss Marvel, and Carol's estranged niece, now saber astronaut, Monica Rambo. Together, this unlikely trio must team up and learn to work in concert to save the universe as the Marvels. The trailer was dope. I loved it. I loved it, too. I feel like the synopsis, they used so many words that just shouldn't go together. <laughs> just like it was, listening. It was pretty wordy. Listening to it just exhausted me. But whatever. The, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the trailer was perfect. I loved it mm -hmm. so much. It... I just, I don't know. I feel like Monica Rambeau is so underrated in, for this movie and hasn't even come out yet, but no one's talking about her. They are all talking about, you know, Kamala and how much they hate Carol Danvers. Is that usual stuff. Where's the love for Monica? She. You're right. God. And then the flirt kittens. Oh my God. I know. And there's going to be a bunch of them. I'm so excited. Oh my God. I can't wait for the Fleur Kittens. But you know what? I, I think I talked about this a few podcast episodes ago. Um, I think that the reasoning why people aren't as hyped for Monica is because we've gotten so little of her. I mean, we got her in a few episodes of WandaVision, uh, but that was really it. We haven't seen her since. I mean, Kamala got her got an entire series where she was like the main star Carol had an entire movie and several appearances afterwards. Um, yeah. I just feel like Marvel's been kind of sleeping on Monica, but maybe this is her chance to break free and shine. I mean, who, Tiana Paris, we're looking at you. <laughs> I do find it weird that we have not seen her in anything else, but WandaVision, not including Miss Mar uh, Captain Marvel, but y'all didn't mm -hmm. give her anything right before the movie came, or is she about to be in the last, in the finale of Secret Invasion? I would, I would love that. I would die. I would just die of happiness. I have a feeling that we're going to end up getting like a little snippet of her in the finale because the Marvel's pit, like from the original, you know, trailer that was released, obviously her and Fury are working together on the Saber space station. So, I mean, for her not to contact him at all, maybe that's how he goes back. She calls him back for whatever reason that they need to look at something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, at the very least they could call or have one of those hologram phone saying fury we need you back here and he's like okay so yeah <laughs> that would be i that really does need to happen though so it just ties it in a perfect bow because this is definitely gonna lead straight into the marvels and I'm i agree really excited to see carol and fury together again me too me too <laughs> and i'm so excited to see i'm so, I'm so excited for a, a bunch of different things i'm excited to see um kamala meet carol i'm excited to see um, Carol and Monica hash it out. I'm excited to see Fury reunite with Carol, Fury meeting Kamala. 
I, there's, I'm very excited for this film. I, I love the fact that we got a little bit more of Zawe Ashton's character in this trailer, yeah. specifically as Darben. It's revealed that she has a bangle similar to Kamala's. So yeah. I'm interested to see how that works and what the explanation behind all that is. So much, so much to unpack, and I, I can't wait for November to see this film. I'm so excited for it. They really did uh, hype it up with that mo- that trailer, which, okay, the way they released the trailer was absolutely brilliant, and I hope they do it with every single trailer they put out ever again. They basically mm-hmm. had a live video on Marvel's Facebook, Instagram, all that, of captain marvel's pager and it was a countdown and as soon as i got the notification that they were alive i was like this is it something's happening and i looked and i was like oh, i have to wait 30 minutes and I, my heart was going so hard that whole 30 minutes i'm like i can't miss it what's gonna happen oh it was so so well done i loved it and it was it was a good trailer it was exciting it, mm-hmm. sh- it showed it was funny you could see that they already have chemistry just from the trailer and i adore that because that that's yes. like the one thing that'll ruin a movie for me is if there's no chemistry so i'm very 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 excited it looks good i'll give it a chance let's just if you don't like it you don't like it if you're not into the, the actors that's perfectly fine too but before you write it off give it a chance i agree I agree, and I think you're right. The chemistry is off the charts between these three, and it's so funny because we've never... I mean, maybe Carol and, um, and Kamala, you know, the actors, Iman Bellani and um, Brie Larson, got together at one point, but we've never seen Tiana Paris with, like, you know, Iman Bellani in, in a Marvel film or a TV series. We've never seen Brie Larson with Tiana Paris in, you know, anything. We only start to see Captain Marvel with the younger version of her character. Um, so really cool that these actors have such great chemistry and it, it exudes like that because you can definitely tell in the interviews I've seen of them and everything. It just, it, it looks like it's going to be a really good film and I'm, I'm really excited for it. Definitely give it a chance. We will be covering it when the time comes. So stay tuned for that. All right, that takes us into our final segment, introducing our new closing segment, replacing our news roundup, Tea Time with Max and Megan. Yeah. I'll kick us off. For a limited time only, you can stream the first three episodes of Secret Invasion on Hulu. Isn't that interesting? It was very interesting. But it it, it would have been more interesting if they hadn't already said that you could watch Miss Marvel on ABC, but... That's just me. Yeah, it seems like Marvel is taking a different approach to marketing their Disney Plus shows. They're starting to try and see if it would work on network television. They're also trying to see if it would work on their more um, adult-oriented streaming service, mm-hmm. um, which is Hulu. So I don't know. They're kind of they're testing the waters to see what works. So we might be getting some changes to how we get our Marvel series from now on. So we'll see what happens with that. That would be really cool. I always enjoyed the ABC shows. But I did too. So I... You know, let's see. I loved Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I loved Agent Carter. Um, I wouldn't be mad if they went back to something like that, necessarily. I mean, it's not like we're not doing a weekly release with Disney Plus anyway, so we'll see. Moving on, Marvel's assembled episode about the making of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania finally dropped. And interestingly enough, Jonathan Majors was present on it. That's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. And I thought, I, you know, I, I do like that as I've said before, Disney has finally learned from their mistakes. They're waiting to see, you know, what the end of the trial brings before making any major decisions on this character. They've built their entire next phase of this cinematic universe um, yeah. on. So, I mean, I, I really respect them for it. And I think that it's great that they're, you know, not taking him out of things. They're not, you know, making announcements. They're firing him or anything. or They're not even speaking about it. I think that's the smartest way to go. I think that any other company out there, whenever they have a problematic actor or some an actor who has, you know, some problematic news story about them, this is the way that you, we should be handling it. Innocent until proven guilty. Wait for the for the jury to decide if this person deserves to be canceled or not. Not, you know, just taking it upon themselves to just scrap an entire, you know, legacy of work as a character just at the drop of a hat. So I, I'm impressed with that. Also, if anyone is mad about them showing Jonathan Majors, he didn't film anything extra for them to make assembled. It's the mm-hmm. making of Ant-Man 
and Quantumania. So it's not like anything big happened. It's not a new role, nothing. He was always going to be in it. So, and it's not like he's doing anything now because of the strikes. So I also think that kind of confirms that he's going to be found not guilty because you know Marvel's lawyers are involved with his case. So it it sounds like good news all around. I think it's definitely trending positively for him. Um, and yeah, like Megan made a really good point. You know, he didn't film anything new for this. It's all pre-existing, you know, behind the scenes footage from when they were shooting Ant-Man, you know, a while ago now. So this special is just encompassing all that old footage. So nothing new in case you were wondering. Yeah. All right. So moving on, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is officially available to pre-order on Amazon Video with an online release date set for Tuesday, August 8th. This is 67 days after its theatrical release, and it's safe to say the Blu-ray, DVD, and 4K physical options will go on sale a few weeks after. Um, I, I, this is an awesome film. Such um, a beautiful attention to film. detail and artistry. Yeah, went into this beautiful film, and um, I think that the DVD and the physical copies are going to have beautiful artwork on them, so I'm excited to see what that looks like. And I'm also excited to see when these films eventually join the other Spider-Man films on Disney+. Plus. I'm excited to see them all together and be able to watch them whenever I want. So I know. I can't wait for that. God, I'm going to watch this movie so many times. It, it, I am obsessed with this movie. Same. Yeah. So our last but certainly not least, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 will release on Disney Plus on August 2nd. That's exciting. Can't come soon enough. I've been dying to rewatch Guardians for the longest now, and I, I just can't wait to give that movie another go because I, I feel like when you're in the theater and you're just like, there's just so much going on, you don't get to fully appreciate something sometimes because yeah. it's just, I don't know. I feel like when you're at home and you can watch at your own pace, you kind of, you get all those little minute details. And I feel like we're going to be discovering a ton of new stuff that James Gunn included into the film once we get it available to watch over and over again. So I'm, I'm stoked for this. Me too. And that's a wrap on Mediaverse Unwrapped. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, you can follow me on Instagram at his name is Max. And you can follow me on Instagram at Megan the Gangster. Join our non-toxic Facebook group Mediaverse Comics Unwrapped. Follow our public Facebook page, Mediaverse Plus. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MediaverseCU. Our new episodes premiere Tuesdays on Spotify. Thanks for tuning in and goodbye for now. Suck the duck. Now you hear? <laughs>